Yeah, we can't we can't really talk specific specific revenue numbers right now. Um, but you know, we've we've grown. We now actually have eight hundred thousand teams that that use our product. We had two hundred thousand uh, when we raised our our Series B, uh, and I believe around a hundred thousand in, in Series A. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Zeb Evans. He's the founder and CEO of ClickUp, the all-in-one productivity platform that empowers more than 300,000 teams and 3 million people around the world to save time and live more productive lives. He's a serial entrepreneur. He started several software companies with over $100 million in revenue with a focus on building tools that increase productivity and save people time. Zeb, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it, Nathan. How much of this productivity focus, you know, you casually mentioned it in your, in your last round financing, you've had four near-death experiences. How, how does that actually like make you move faster? And how do you pass that urgency off to your team who maybe hasn't had four near-death life experiences? Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, those, those experiences made me obsess over time and efficiency. Right? And productivity is, is equivalent to time. Uh, and so in, 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 on a personal level, it's time. On a business level, time ends up being money. So businesses should care about productivity more than ever. Individuals should care about it more than ever for, for where their time goes. Um, and so you know, for, for us, it's, it's easy to cascade down to everyone in our company when everyone sees the, the impact of the product that, that we're creating. Um, we can kind of create that, that obsession and that culture around saving people time and, and making people more productive. Mm-hmm. Now you 18 months ago had bootstrapped, I believe. You launched the business in 2017. You'd bootstrapped, I think you shared up to like a 20 or $25 million run rate, right? Yeah, we we bootstrapped until our series A about yeah, 18 months ago. Yeah, but I mean again, nice, nice scale of revenue, very capital efficient because you'd only raised, I think, 2.5 million in convertible notes up to that point, right? Correct. Yeah, those those convertible notes were actually in mine that I used from a previous company to to fund. So yeah. That's hysterical. Was that Mango? Uh, it's called Fast Followers. You did social media marketing and automation. Oh, really interesting. Okay, but guys, I'm bearing the lead here a little bit, right? Because so 18 months ago, only two and a half million raised. It sounds like of his own money, which is great. But bootstrapped in, he hadn't raised any VC, and then said, "You know what? I fell in love with David Sachs at Craft." He talked about that on our last episode together, so we're not going to rehash that. But my gosh, Zeb, something got in your blood because you raised about half a billion since then. Um, what's driving sort of this? Like, where have you? This is, in my opinion, this kind of capital. You are now a capital allocator. Right. And it's like, how do you allocate capital to hit this productivity goal for the world? So, like, where are you allocating capital today? Yeah. Like I, and I'll start by saying I think that I'm I'm still I still a very much an advocate for bootstrap as long as you can until you get product market fit. Through through getting product market fit. After your product market fit, raise capital in efficient means when you know unit economics and you can spend capital in, in sustainable ways. I, I think so it's still as as you know, as ridiculous amount of money that we have raised, a half a billion dollars, it's still, we still very much focus on doing it in a, in a sustainable way where we have a net positive impact after spending every single dollar. Uh, and so to answer your question, you know, we, of course, marketing and paid acquisition is, is a big piece of, of growth, in a spe- particularly in, in a very competitive category. Uh, we have to outmarket and outmaneuver our competitors. 
but product and, and innovation and R&D always has to be top of mind as, as well. At the end of the day, the only defensibility that we have is moving faster than our competitors um, and building better a better product and a better user experience um, than, than they can as well. So you know, acquisitions will, will certainly be on, on our radar um, and you know in the very near future, um, as is scaling globally. We were opening offices around the world and uh, being able to localize our product in, in several different languages as well. Give me a quick team update. Last time you came on, you shared that you were just breaking about 140 employees. I think you're over 600 now. Is that accurate? And if so, how many engineers? Yeah, we have we have uh, just just shy over 800 uh, employees today, um, and uh, on the engineering side, about about 100 engineers. And so you've done a really interesting thing in terms of, I think you have, at least in terms of quantifying your engineering power based off number of integrations you've launched and all of your comparable pages where it's ClickUp versus Jira versus Trello versus Monday, you talk about, again, more integrations. Why is that marketing line working so well? And how have you instrumented your engineering team to pump these integrations out so quickly and keep them updated? Yeah, we, we, we say we won't have to replace them all. That's that's the familiar messaging that we place. But the reality is, you know, it, we're not trying to replace every single application. We do think that we can put all of your workplace productivity software in one place. And, and that is is ultimately our true mission. Um, and outside of that, we play very nicely with every other integration on, on, on the market. Uh, and so we you know built our, our platform in a scalable way where we can build integrations very quickly. Um, and we can also build features very quickly that, that actually use separate teams that don't even affect our core product teams, uh, but are still within that same platform, the same the same ecosystem. So we've been very mindful of doing that since day one, because essentially, we're, with, with our vision, we're putting 15 different products inside of one. Uh, and so it's it's you know traditionally that's not the thing to do in software, right? You're supposed to do one thing and, and do it well. And we've kind of always uh, been the antithesis of of that. Talk to me about growth. So since 2020, when you guys decided to go in and do that Series A, uh, 35 million Series A, how much have you grown revenue since then? Yeah, we can't we can't really talk specific specific revenue numbers right now. Um, but you know, we've we've grown. We now actually have 800,000 teams that that use our product. We had 200,000 uh, when we raised our our Series B, uh, and I believe around 100,000 in, in Series A. Um, so, you know, you, you can kind of, kind of back the math out there and, and we've grown roughly four X since our, our series B. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you said in the, in the press release for the round, you have 85,000 teams who are actually paying. Did I read that correctly? Yep. 85,000 paying teams. And so that's against 800,000 that are using you all together. Are you happy with that conversion right. rate or is there room to improve there? There's always room to improve everything for sure. And, and we just started building you know, product growth teams that are more focused on, uh, activation, retention, and, and of course, upsell monetization, increasing our free our free to paid conversions. Um, so there's always room to grow in, in, in everything. How are you structuring those teams? Can you tell me about the last like little SWAT team you put together and what they're attacking specifically? How are you motivating that team? We we have always had a, a very functional focus to product and engineering in the first place because it's such a wide product, right? You can't have everybody do everything, every engineer do everything. So we've always had these these teams focused around our, our core product. Now what we've done is is really hyper focus them on very individual features so that you have a, a, a squad of, of five to, to six or seven people. Uh, you got a PM, you got an EM, you got a few engineers, and usually a designer that that's tied to each of those. Project those manager, squads, engineering squads. manager. Uh, product manager and engineering manager. Yep. And then I cut you yep. off. Sorry. I just want to, I want to note this down. So those two are part of the five to seven squad. Who, what are the other four? 
Uh, and then you have engineers. So depending on the feature, maybe it's more back-end heavy. So you'll have four just back-end engineers. Um, if it's front-end, you'll have a, a mixture between those. And then you'll have a designer that's kind of tied tied to that team, um, which we don't actually count as, as part of that team. So that'd be a, a plus one in addition to that because uh, designers have multiple teams. And, and so that's, that's what has allowed us to scale EPD, uh, engineering product and design, is building these hyper-focused teams that are focused on very, very specialized pieces of, of our product. And, and product growth is, is one of those teams. Can you go deep on one of those? I mean, can we talk about the new Docs product a little bit more and, and the team specifically around that and how it's split up? Yeah. So our, our Docs product actually is one of our, our larger ones. Uh, I think it's, it's 12 people. So it's, 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 it's kind of an abnormality there, but it, it is a big piece of our product. Uh, and so that is, is we, we have a real-time collaboration. There's two people working on real-time collaboration. So that's, you know, if you picture any doc where you can see somebody's cursor and typing, that stuff is is very complicated to, to make great. Uh, and so we have two people that are, are fully focused on, on that. Uh, and then within that, that uh, the rest of that team, we've got five or so front-end engineers and and four, four three or four back-end engineers. Uh, and then you've, of course, got our, our PM, a product manager, and you got an engineering manager um, there as well. And so docs was docs was one that we've been working on for a long time in the background. It was probably six, a six month ongoing project that we've been working on. Um, and we, cause we really felt that, you know, we needed to, to, to be the, the kind of the category leader there in, in our space and get feature parity with those point solutions in order for people to replace those point solutions with, with ClickUp. Mm -hmm. How do you think about putting together these many squad teams for digging for new ideas? Like the PM is talking to 100 customers a month. They're testing yeah. stuff with the engineering. And then can you tell me a story about one that you shut down where you spun that team up, they tested it for X amount of time, and it just it, you, you said no because the metrics didn't work or whatever? Yeah, we so we have a Zeb team also, and the the, the, the Zeb the Zeb team is is for the things that you're talking about. Really, it's for the bets, right? The big bets that we're taking, uh, and it, it's really are our early kind of principal engineers that are on that are on my team, and we take big bets. So I have, I have an idea on Monday, and we'll try to get it shipped by Friday. Lots of times we will test it. We'll only put it in certain workspaces. You've got to enable it. Um, we'll see, we'll see how, the feedback from that, and. You know, sometimes we'll shut we'll shut it down, and and sometimes we'll we'll, we'll continue shipping. Um, but it's it's the the fun it's the the, the fun. Wait, piece tell, of my Zeb, job come on, tell me about your lack because people read you in the press. They go, "This guy can't do anything wrong. His shirts look great. He's got a great smile. He's raising all this money." What's the last thing you had an idea on Monday and it just flopped on Friday? I mean, it was just bad. <laughs> you know, there's I think there's been been several things that we we shipped half assed, right? We shipped ten percent of it, and it, we just never finished it. <laughs> A feature called lineup is honestly it's one it's one of those where it, the whole vision for it was to be able to prioritize your work and know exactly what people should work on next. So picture a list of five tasks that each person has in your company that this is their priority. Um, it just it just never took off. It never really went in anywhere, and so it actually still exists in our product. And I, and I I know we'll be able to get back to it at some point uh, and use automation to make it better. But that was that was certainly a, a, a flop. Round that team out for me. How many people are on the Zeb team? Six people. Six. Okay. And is it yep. PM, EM, four engineers? Uh, so I'm the PM and the EM. Um, so it's, it's, it's five engineers plus myself. I love that. Okay. Very cool. So you still get to participate in that on the ground, test that stuff, day one sort of stuff. Yeah, that's nice. Exactly. You've held on to that. All right. Yeah. Tell me more for people that maybe you don't know. I mean, you're the guy that's in the videos, you're doing all this stuff, but you do have a CTO that you've worked with also at a prior company, Manga, which sounds more like a venture studio where ClickUp is the thing that took off. Tell me about your relationship with him. 
Yeah. So Alex was at IBM uh, when I when I found him, and I, I knew I needed a a very technical um, CTO and co-founder to to build this thing with. Uh, and so I had always been pretty technical myself. You know, I, I know how to code, um, but it, I was using old technologies. Right? I, knew, I knew PHP, um, and I don't really know no JavaScript, at least in the back end, the back end side of it. Uh, and so when you know when we were starting. And by the way, Mango is just the, the, the name for, for the parent company for ClickUp. Mango is a DBA, DBA for ClickUp. So you always, you, that wasn't a venture studio. You weren't testing a bunch of ideas. It was ClickUp from day one. No, you're right. We, we, were, we were testing. I, we actually were going to do a Craigslist competitor where you could pay in-app and remove sketchiness from Craigslist. And we built ClickUp as an internal tool um, in order to build Craigslist. And we just kind of, I had always been obsessed with efficiency and time, again, from those near-death experiences. And so I was always that person that was trying to squeeze out an extra hour a day and trying to get an extra 10% more productivity for everyone on the team. And that's why we built ClickUp was so that we could do that. Um, and it wasn't one of those like Slack stories where you know we were using it for years and then kind of decided that this was the product. It was like a matter of a month. It was like a, a month where we started building this and we just realized we were more passionate about this than the Craigslist idea, um, and that there was a lot of opportunity here, even in a very competitive category. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. Now, Zeb, you had no idea. Alex had no idea where cookup would be today back then, right? So maybe you do things differently. But back then, did you guys just split to, you know what, let's just split equity right down the middle 50-50 day one, or did you do something different? Um, we, we did something different. Uh, I, I kind of, I, I was the one that was funding everything still. So it was, it was all, it was all my bets, um, as far as the resources go and, and, you know, I wasn't, wasn't being paid a salary or anything like that. So it was, it was, it was definitely different than, than I think you're, you're well, you can say uh, then you can quantify that for what it is. You're betting on yourself. You had some success right. and you said, you know what, I'm going to fund this thing. They'll take less equity, but I'm going to pay them a lot. I'm going to take nothing. I get it. Where did you yeah. make money before ClickUp? Yeah, so I—I I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was like five years old. So I was always, always doing something. Every year of my life, I have—I have some type of story of, of a hustle. Um, but I actually was—I I, was—I had a, a mobile DJ company, an entertainment company, and and a friend and I of mine were, were we were managing some rappers actually. We were at we were at Virginia Tech, and we were managing a couple of rappers. And and this we was all, a, and this was after your monorail days at Disney, I assume. This was after my monorail days, yeah. <laughs> and and we. Uh, there was a problem that we noticed where like at big, big events when, and this is, I don't, maybe it's not a problem anymore, but when there's 10,000 people in one space, you didn't have cell phone service back then. Um, and you couldn't send out tweets for, and we were managing these, these rappers, social media, you couldn't send out tweets. And so that's where my brain got spinning where I, I wanted to just like be able to automate sending out tweets. And then I wanted to be able to look at who's following you. And back then they didn't have APIs to do that. They, Twitter didn't have their own reporting platform to do that. And so I kind of just built things that scraped 
uh, your follower list and was able to show like who's following you. Um, you could automate engagement with people. And so we kind of, it, it was, it was a SaaS model before I knew what SaaS was, we started getting people paying a monthly subscription and, and then it turned into more the, what we found the real money was in was managing more high profile celebrities, social accounts in order to gain, gain followers, gain engagement, um, and increase the quality of their content based on who was following them. How much so revenue did you do in the best year there? Um, several million dollars. And you sold it? I did not sell it. I actually, so I, I, I had uh, my third near death experience and I realized during that period that, um, that business was not adding net positive value for the world. I, I actually felt bad about it. I was like, we were inflating people's egos on social media, you know, and we spent four years of my life doing that. And so I felt like I had wasted so much time. Um, and so we shut it down that next that we paid everybody six months at our, at the company, but, but we shut the company down. And, and that was when I moved out to Palo Alto drove across the country from, from Virginia and thought that, um, you know, I, I got to Palo Alto and I was telling you this, like I was picturing Vegas with startup lights, you know, just like startups everywhere. And you get to anybody that's been to Palo Alto, it's like the sleepiest town in the world. In fact, they have an ordinance against putting signs up. It's like the Ever. sweet, the sweet green on the corner is the most exciting thing you're going to see. The sweet green and the ice cream shops. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, so you shut it down in 2016, but what you're saying is you were running that profitably. You took dividends enough where you could fund the two convertible notes early on into Mango and ClickUp. Exactly, exactly. So, th I so see. that was it. Was I mean, we we got to a point where, you know, there was we had like 25 grand left in the bank account, so that was like enough for another month, another month's runway, really. And I had a little bit of money left, but not wait, when not was that, much. Zeb? What year? Um, 20 had to be like 2017. Into yeah, 25k left in the bank. Yeah. Wow. And so you burned through um, like you'd burn through like a million at that point then. Uh I think I think more than that. It's probably okay. probably two two million. Um and, and you know, it might have been it might have been twenty twenty eighteen. Um yeah. but the the point is that you know we we had about a month of, of runway left and um and we were getting to you know, we were getting to a point where we don't, we weren't, we didn't know if this was going to be successful or not, and we could not raise raise funding at the at the time. Uh, and so, you know, I was I was like thinking to myself, I was like, should we, you know, should I invest a little bit more money? I really only had like 100, 200 grand left that I could put into it. Um, and so I pulled my head out of product and started focusing on go to market. And we added paywalls and we introduced promotions um, for for one of the holidays that was during that month. And literally, in, in a matter of like forty five days. You know, we were, we were net positive. We were, we were cash flow positive. Um, and so the bank account got really low. I think I got down to a couple of grand, um, but we, we, we turned it around and we became, we became net positive. 2018. Was that your first million dollar revenue or your million dollar run rate? Uh, I believe so. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the numbers person, Nathan. I'm the, I'm the product, I'm the Alex, product marketing. Alex is engineering. He's definitely not the number person. You had to be the number person back then. I still was more like, look, when, when I realized we had 25 grand in the bank account, I realized we had 20, that was the first time I realized it. I should have, I should have been thinking about that six months ahead. Like just, how much are we burning? And that was after we cut down a shit ton of our expenses where, where like maybe before we were spending much more, I think we were spending like a hundred grand a month. And we started cutting things down within like 30 days. Cause I was like, shit, we're running out of money. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, I honestly haven't, haven't really been that, that numbers person.
Crazy. Well, hey, before we wrap up here, I would love to get some numbers out of you if you're, if you're comfortable sharing them. I'm only asking this one because you've already shared valuation in the press releases, $4 billion recently, a billion in 2020. But I don't know what you raised the $35 million at. What valuation did you raise at the $35? Our, our, our Series A uh, was $200 million. Cool. There you guys have it. A little bit of... A little bit of interesting news there, if that's if that's manageable. I like how you're managing. I mean, you're basically selling 10% every time you're doing a round. So you're really nicely managing dilution here. You're not going to be one of these CEOs where if you go public, you only own 5%, right? Exactly. And um, a little trick, if any, convertible notes is a really great way with a cap um, to invest in your own company if you ever want to invest in your own company. I don't, is that, I, full disclosure, I don't understand that. I don't. Wh- yeah. Why did that give you leverage? Why don't you just put in money directly? Why do you need to put on a note? Well, so I, I put in a cap at five million. Um, yeah. So, the, so essentially, I was investing at a five million valuation, and then when we invested at two hundred million, your notes your notes convert um, at that same. I mean, I I, t- I got like another thirty or forty percent of the company. Oh, <laughs> so it's basically a way where if that Series A investor says, "Please put up a fifteen percent like ESOP pool," you can sort of get some of that back with a note conversion because they're happening at the same time. Well, you, you normally, you know, if you get, and this was several years ago, or five million was wasn't out of the ballpark. I mean, now five million is very low for for convertible note cap. But if you have five million convertible note cap, you would expect normally to raise a Series A much sooner, right? Much sooner at like a, a 40, 50 million valuation, and then it becomes realistic. When you raise that two hundred, those 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 uh, convertible note investors get a, a bit much bigger portion of of the company than they would have previ- previously. Hey, I, last question before we wrap up. We're two minutes over. Coming off of you, have a hard stop here. But cash and bank and M and A. How are you thinking about M and A? Um, there are our M and A strategy is you know I, I don't want to say too, too much about it. We'll have we'll have some announcements to make to make soon. Um, but we only we only really focus on things that can be part of our core product, core ecosystem. We are a unified productivity platform. Right? That's all. Yeah, but no one's going to build our, better than you, Zeb. I mean, when I look at this product. I don't understand how you look at anyone and say, you know what, we we're just going to build a better, sexier version. Why would you ever buy someone and deal with the operational risk there? Well, so we're not looking at competitors, competitors to buy where where we would we would have to roll up teams and roll up products. But what we what we are looking at is somebody that uh, th- these companies that built something that we were going to build that would take us six months a year to build. We're buying time, um, and so if we can buy time and find people that are within our culture with our values. Um, but that also know how to move really quickly and have built something awesome. Um, then, then that's something that that we are we are open to. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll have we'll have some announcements to make very soon. You think you're going to buy your way past 100 million bucks in AR next year with the acquisition announcement coming up? We we will be we will be far beyond 100 million next year. You think we be more than 200? Yeah. No, you seriously, you'll be more than 200, Zeb. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's incredible. Wait, <laughs> but you're not you're not north of 100 today. I have you right now pegged to like 80. That's close. He's like he can't he can't comment. I don't want to make, I don't want to push you too hard here. That's impressive. You remind me so much of Johnny at Hoppin. Like he came on a year and a half ago, oh, well, with no revenue, and he's basically bought time and bought his way. It's a crazy strategy. Is there enough deal flow out there for you where you feel like you can go buy a company doing 30, 40, 50 million in ARR for a relatively okay price? No, no. Our M and A strategy is, is, is we don't we don't focus on the revenue part of it. Our our M and A strategy is purely product focused, P- product and team. So aqua hire and and product. Interesting. Very cool. Let's wrap up quickly with famous five. Number one, favorite book. What, the slight edge is what we make everybody read at our company. It's about one percent growth every day. But I also I love the everything store, Jeff Bezos. But yep. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I'm always a Steve Jobs person. 
Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building ClickUp? You can't, this is going to be hard. You can't say ClickUp, but you do so much. You have to pick something else. Figma. <laughs> that was hard for you. Okay. So <laughs> is it, are you going to be building tools? I mean, look at Canva. Are you going to be building tools for designers here? Are you going to focus mainly on you know productivity teams? We, we focus on, on, on just productivity as, as a whole. Um, you know, there will be things like virtual whiteboarding in the, in the very near, near future. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're not trying to, to compete with point solutions for designers. No. Num- number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? 4.5. <laughs> That's not a ton, is it? No, it's not. I've, I, I actually have, I, I was diagnosed with narcolepsy a long time ago and I went to a Tony Robbins uh, conference and he only slept four hours a night. And I was like, I've got to try this. So I, was, I used to be that guy that slept like 12 hours. And I, I was always wasting time and I started sleeping less and I was more energy. I, I changed a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. I changed my diet, changed my health. Um, but I also started, was able to, to, to sleep less. Um, so yes, yeah, so I sleep 4.5 to five hours now and I, I feel great. I love that. All right. Five. And then I think what you had a birthday, right? You're 31 now. Uh, I'm 32, but you can, you can say I'm 29. 32. There you go. All right. 32 years old. And Jeb, or Zeb, uh, situation, married, single? Single. And no kids running around? No kids. All right. Just, just click up on the, in the 12 product babies under. Uh, last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, I would say this is like everybody's just figuring it out. Everybody's just fucking figuring it out as you go. Whereas I used to think that all of, especially the big tech founders knew exactly what they were doing. Um, and the reality is entrepreneurship is just figuring it out. Even when you get to our level and, and beyond the, 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 you know, the huge CEOs that I, that I talked to, uh, I just, yeah, I just, I just spent a, a week with Richard Branson and he himself is just figuring everything out as he goes, right. Just, just really taking big bets. And, and hoping that they work out. And then when they don't work out, maneuvering really quickly and changing. And so I wish I knew that that's what entrepreneurship was, but that's certainly one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Guys, click up 800,000 teams on the platform. 85,000 are now paying, call it north or around of 80 million bucks in revenue. On path to break, call it 150, 200 million next year. Crazy growth going back to their Series A, 200 million valuation, Series B in 2020, a billion and now 4 billion, but Zeb's just getting started. Some interesting news coming up. It sounds like on the MA side, they're continuing to build great products for productivity teams, one app to replace them all or to empower them all or to power them all, whatever is politically correct. But Zeb, we're rooting for you, man. Thanks for coming on the top. Thanks so much, Nathan.